it's time for the uh, Sunrise Wellness Center. We'll go to the website, great website, sunrisewellnesscenterali.com. Dr. Ronald Sinagra, you can call and get a, a free consultation with a good man, 631-563-1444. Not a lot is uh, in and around the media as far as some of the great stuff in conversation uh, during these segments. So check out the website. Sunrise Wellness Center LI.com. The aforementioned Sanagra. Doctor, how are you? Good morning, sir. How are you? I am good, my friend. Very good. Everything okay? Yeah, things are good. You know, it's just February in the Northeast. Not a lot going on, but uh, we had some mild, we had a real mild winter, as you know, and uh, we didn't have a lot of snow. Little Serafina is uh, wanting to make a snowman this summer, so actually, this winter so bad, but just wasn't there. Oh, it's uh, it's a record. It's a record for February. Here's the thing, though. Uh, be careful. Like you and I have stated before, I remember blizzards <laughs> in April. So oh, even, yeah. though we're, even though being spared in February doesn't mean we're going to escape here completely. Yeah, the, the blizzard of 77 was in April, if I remember correctly. I was in high school, and uh, <laughs> we got about 20 inches of snow in April. What I said to you, I had tickets for the uh, Yankees – I remember in April, I, the, the exact year, I can't remember, but I remember we did have a blizzard in April, and it obviously prevented the, uh, from the the game from going on. But, you know, I've been to baseball games in April, freezing, freezing cold in the Bronx, so be oh, yeah. careful. Be careful here. You know, <laughs> Record warmth you. doesn't mean anything as far as what could happen in March and April on Long Island. No, that's true. Hey, I brought you some good stuff today. Uh you know, last week we discussed uh, uh, fatigue, and, and it's a three-part uh, conversation. And last week we discussed blood sugar swings and how that really dramatically affects uh, uh, fatigue and how it causes us to get adrenal fatigue, which, again, r- results in, in whole body fatigue. But today I want to talk about Epstein-Barr virus. Uh, and a lot of people, they've heard the name. They don't really truly understand it. Uh, so I want to bring a little light to the listeners, uh, a little information, uh, and bring to light uh, Epstein-Barr virus. And I can tell you one thing, it's just nasty. It, it's, viruses have evolved over millions of years, and they, they're actually like trained assassins. And, and, and what do I mean by that? They have the ability to make our bodies do things that are, are detrimental to our body, and good for them and their reproduction. And I'll get to that in a minute, but uh, 90% of the world has been exposed to the Epstein-Barr virus. So it's uh, mononucleosis is another name for it. Uh, It can result in chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, joint pain, muscle ache. Uh, And if anybody remembers anyone that ever had mono, uh, that was a real debilitating illness. And it's part of the herpes family. Um, but it's a latent virus. And what does that mean? Latent viruses never leave our system. Uh, they come in and out of remission. They go from remission to active. And you actually see this a lot with uh, the shingles commercial for shingles vaccine. So, you know, here's Bill. He's 65 years old and he got shingles. And shingles is uh, part of the chickenpox family. And Bill had chickenpox when he was seven. So Bill 65, so for 58 years, what kept that virus in check? Strong immune system. 
So that is the ultimate goal. 90% of the world has been exposed to Epstein-Barr virus, but it's not active in most people. The problem is when it does become active, it can create havoc. And uh, one of the things it does is it attacks B lymphocytes. Now, most people have heard of T cells and B cells, and it's part of a complicated immune response that humans have. But B cells make antibodies. Uh, B cells also help in making something called IgA, which is the antibody that lines all your mucous membranes of your digestive tract, your nose, reproductive areas, sinuses. Uh, So what it's doing then by attacking the B lymphocytes, it's weakening the body's ability to fight off Epstein-Barr virus. In other words, by making your mucous membranes not as uh, uh, strong because you don't have IgA, uh, that's a way that Epstein-Barr virus can allow Epstein-Barr virus to penetrate and get past our barrier functions. Remember, our immune system has barriers that protect us, and that barrier function is primarily IgA in the mucous membranes. So that's pretty sneaky of it. Uh, Most of the time, you know, when we look at this, We have to say, what can we do to keep it in remission? And that's the whole goal. Now, how do you know when it's active? Well, simple blood tests. It's a a standard blood test that you could do at Quest or LabCorp, Sunrise, wherever wherever you might go. And there's four parts to this test. And if three of them are positive, that means it's active. So many, many times, I, I think... Most of the people that when we run their blood, uh, I I think I've seen maybe four, five adults in the past 10 years that have not been exposed to it. So most people have that virus in their body, but it's not active in everybody. Now, it's active in a lot of the patients we see percentage-wise because we're seeing patients with health conditions, obviously. So it's not a real good uh, uh, uh window of what's actually happening in society. But we do see uh, most of the patients that come in with fatigue, they've been exposed to Epstein-Barr virus, and a lot of times it's active. And like I said, it's, it's a real sneaky son of a gun. And one of the things that it does is it blocks key immune nutrients from entering your cells. Now think about that. It knows that these nutrients are required for a powerful immune response. And it actually interferes with the body's ability to uptake these nutrients. And the first one that it interferes with uh, that is so critical is vitamin D. And it blocks the receptors. So just think about that. It knows that vitamin D keeps your immune system strong, so it blocks it. I mean, you know, this is this is tactical stuff. <laughs> these viruses have evolved. Uh, you mentioned remember- that it is a... Hold on one second. Let me ask you something here. Sure. You mentioned and stated that it's kind of a sneaky one, right? This Epstein. Yeah. I remember many people who have had this. It cannot be detected right away, you know, and it's almost to the point where you know you're wondering, okay, so what's causing this? They had no idea. All of a sudden, they zero in on Epstein Barr and bingo. You know they. They pointed out in a couple of cases. Is is that kind of in play here with Epstein Barr? Is is it, is it just tough to detect? 
when all else being looked at, they go to Epstein Barn. Usually, it's that, that's the case. Is that it's, sometimes it's that in play tough. with that? It's not that it's tough to det- to detect. It's that people don't associate Epstein Barr virus with their problem. So when people come in with massive joint pain, massive muscle muscle pain, uh, wicked fatigue, um, you know, they're not looking to Epstein Barr. What most people don't realize is that it can also cause almost any autoimmune disease and many cancers. So a lot of people don't realize that uh, autoimmune disease and cancers have a microbial origin many times. And viruses can lead to cancer, viruses can lead to autoimmune disease, and Epstein-Barr is one of the most potent ones in that. So what's happening is people would come in with all kinds of these problems and they wouldn't associate it. Now now we look at Epstein-Barr very, you know, nobody comes through my door that we don't look for Epstein-Barr. They did not do that 15 years ago. Uh, you know, and, and even today, many in the medical profession don't look into it. Uh, also, because they don't really know what to do with it once they have, once they discover it, uh, there, there's a, not a lot medically that can be done. But there's a, certainly a lot that we can do holistically to deal with building up the immune system. Um, but let, you know, what happens is though that, that these viruses are so sneaky, and Epstein Barr is like the super sleuth. Uh, it also it interferes with, like I said, vitamin D, and the next thing it interferes with is zinc, and it it affects the zinc transporters that distribute zinc to the different parts of the immune system. So as I you know as I was studying this over the years, you're like, man, this thing is is it knows exactly what it's doing. But you got to remember, a virus is nothing more than a protein shell with a strand of DNA in it. There's, you know, there's still debate, is, is a virus even alive? That's why a virus can sit frozen in ice for 200,000 years. They, when it thaws out, it's active. Viruses are just, they're very, very peculiar and uh, in terms of how they fit into the category of uh, being a live entity or just being, uh, you know, a piece of DNA wrapped in, in, in a cell membrane. So understanding how viruses work is important because then we can come up with a plan to uh, make ourselves strong and, and boost our immunity so now that we can uh, overcome what these viruses want to do. Uh, yeah, interesting. You know, I'm sorry, isn't that interesting? No, I was gonna. I was just saying, there's no shelf life on a virus. Uh, no, there's not. And um, you know, so there's a lot of things uh, that we got. That's why understanding how they work is important. So they do attack our ability to utilize vitamin D. They attack our ability to transport zinc to immune cells. And last but not least, is they also attack vitamin A which is retinol, which is the active form, and it's blocked by Epstein-Barr virus. Now, the, the interesting thing is that vitamin A is one of the most important uh, essential nutrients in mucous membranes, which is our barrier defenses. So if you think about it, this, this, the viruses really have a, 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 an approach to, uh, to weaken the host. And one of the things, uh, even when we were studying COVID, 
and the flu, those viruses trigger a a inflammatory cascade. You've heard that when they talk about people that perished with COVID. They got this wicked inflammation. So these viruses come into our body and they trigger our immune system to do something that's detrimental to the host and actually creates a uh, excellent uh, environment for reproduction of the virus itself. So they're calculated and they know what they're doing. So understanding this and this is why it's so important when dealing with Epstein-Barr virus that you have to build back your immune system and you have to make sure vitamin A, zinc, and vitamin A are at peak levels. And the only way to do that is, is, to, is to check your blood um, because there's no way to really be sure of these levels without checking your blood. Um, you know, it's, it's also, I told you that uh, vitamin A was uh, attacked by the Epstein-Barr virus, and guess what else vitamin A it does? It, uh, it's it, one of the most important nutrients for B lymphocytes. <laughs> so it's just like, you're like, wow, this thing covered, its, it covered all its bases. So uh, the other thing Epstein-Barr does is it, it also blocks your body's ability to regulate temperature. Now, one of the greatest and most uh, powerful defenses the human body has is fever. And whenever we get a, a, an infection, we see that, you know, it's obvious in children because children use fever a lot more than adults do because they have uh, undeveloped immune systems. So that's why parents, if your child gets a fever, monitor it, please. Stop slamming them with children's Tylenol. It, it's counterproductive. Uh, the temperature raises up. Uh, it, it, it initiates your white blood cell count. Uh, it, it makes the environment in the in the person or the child uh, uninhabitable for the virus. Uh, high temperatures kill the virus. So what do parents do every time the kid gets sick? They they, they give them uh, aspirin. Uh, what? Well, let me ask you on that one. At what point uh, should uh, let's say Tylenol be administered? I mean, let's say you got a spiking fever. I mean, at what point do you sound the alarm to give him something or her? Well, you know, uh, I think 104 for the children. For adults, it's a little, it's lower. But children are, are resilient, and uh, if anything, it also depends on the behavior of the child. You know, if if they're if they're showing signs of lethargy, if they look like a limp, wet noodle. Uh, that's usually a sign that the temperature's getting up high. And remember, even the temperature, even the the febrile um, seizures that it happened to the central happen to the brain, they're not causing damage. Uh, even though you never want to see that, but you know, my point is that the, the high temperatures themselves are not uh, to worry like we were taught to worry. Reader's Digest had a great article on that. And basically, it said, let this thing run. And if you get really worried about the, the temperature, you use a warm uh, a towel with, uh, you know, with water, warm water, tepid water, and you use the evaporation process on the head of the child. And that really makes a big difference. But, you know, as we can see, Epstein-Barr virus is sneaky. And it can cause all kinds of autoimmune disease. It can cause cancers. And it can cause massive fatigue. It's the primary cause of chronic fatigue syndrome. So that's why we brought this in today. But I've, all the research now is really shifting towards Epstein-Barr's involvement with uh, autoimmunity. 
and how people with really severe rheumatoid arthritis, MS, lupus, all these crazy autoimmune diseases that for some reason your immune system just starts attacking your body. And that is something that we see at, at, at the wellness center all the time. That is one of our primary patients is autoimmune patients. But when we aggressively go after Epstein-Barr, we have seen dramatic changes in autoimmunity and also in the fatigue that's caused by it. So how do we do this? What's our approach? Well, you have to have an antiviral approach. What would be, hold on one sec, what what is the main difference? Like if you're feeling, you know, we we all know the, the symptoms, right? You got fatigue, fever, could have a sore throat, maybe swollen lymph nodes. What is the main difference between Epstein-Barr and mono? Because a lot of people, I think, are more familiar with mononucleosis. You know, with the fatigue factor, the swollen glands and whatnot. What what would be the overall biggest difference? Go ahead. There really isn't a It's It's when you get it. Mono is is what's happened. That's usually the first infection. Um, And that usually, you remember, they call mono the kissing disease uh, because that happens, uh, you know, in high school primarily. You know, when uh, you know, your first kiss at, at, at 13, 14, 15, whatever it may be. Uh, but that's where it came from. Um, and it, it's the first infection is mononucleosis. Follow-up infections are, are called Epstein-Barr. Uh, but they're all in the same family. So, But typically, we thought that mono uh, was the first uh, infection of uh, Epstein-Barr. And it happened in teenagers. But they're starting to rethink that. They're starting to think it happens in early childhood, even infancy. But yet, since the child is so young, that it doesn't mount an immune response, so you don't get the symptoms of mono, which is the wicked fatigue and the fever and the malaise and the and the, the and and, uh, and the joint pain and muscle pain. So you know. We're still learning a lot about Epstein-Barr virus and mono in terms of, but they're thinking now that might have actually happened when you're in infancy and childhood, and then when it comes out, it comes out in high school, because when do when does, do children really start to have a, uh, a poor diet and a poor lifestyle? High school. That's when they don't eat. That's when they're going out. They're running around. They're be, they're either playing excessive sports or they're you know they're they're out having fun with their friends and they don't want to eat and they start eating garbage and they you know so the real lifestyle change where you go from eating what mom and dad put on the table and you know you're in bed at the right time and you're getting proper sleep and you're not eating junk and you're not you know drinking alcohol and all these things happen in teenagehood and in the teenage years, and they're thinking that weakens the immune system, and that is actually a second uh, flare-up of, of mono that you might have gotten as a child or an infant. Very interesting. But what we want, what I want to stay focused with is we, you have to have an antiviral strategy, and we, we've talked about that through COVID, and we talk about that through flu season. Um, and an antiviral strategy is you use nutrients that actually kill the virus that actually make your immune system strong and knock down the viral load and number one is zinc um, and lysine and even licorice not the candy but those nutrients are highly antiviral they actually kill the virus itself Uh, then we want to talk about anti mutagenesis 
one of the things that viruses do incredibly well is they mutate. And we call it, we call it immune escape. And it's kind of like, you know, the, uh, the virus walks into the room with funny nose and glasses on, and the immune system goes, oh, no, that's not Epstein-Barr. Have a nice day. And it walks right past your immune system. So viruses are able to, and we see that with COVID now with all the variants. Uh, and one of the best ways to stop mutagenesis is selenium. And the mineral selenium is highly anti-mutagenic. So you use antiviral uh, nutrients, you use uh, selenium for anti-mutagenesis, and then you want to stop viral replication. And believe it or not, one of the most important things you can do are B vitamins. B vitamins have the ability through donating a methyl group. It's biochemistry. 35 years later, I still can't explain it well, but just know that B12, folate, even SAMe, when you need high levels of that in your body, number one, to create energy, because B vitamins are how we utilize, uh, we take energy from food and, and actually uh, metabolize it. Uh, but the, the, the donation of the methyl groups really stop uh, the viral replication. And the other one are actually things that shut down the inflammatory response. So these viruses, what they do is when they become active, they trigger your immune system to start what we call systemic inflammation. Now remember, if you injure yourself, if you smack your hand, inflammation's good. But when your immune system starts triggering it throughout your whole body, that's bad. And viruses love that because they can replicate through that. And then we have to use immunonutrition, you know, like making sure that we've got enough protein, low sugar, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin A, and, and essential fats. If you do all those things, you can now rebuild your immune response and put this thing back into remission, put it back in the closet, keep it chained up, hidden behind a door. But if you have autoimmune disease, if you have wicked fatigue, if you're having unexplained symptoms like that, uh, get checked for Epstein-Barr virus, see if it's active, and then work to rebuild your immune system. It can change your life. That's a great tip. It really is. And listen, nobody's been more focused as far as building up the immune system than you have, especially during the COVID days. So it is a vital information. All information, by the way, you can see on the website, sunrisewellnesscenterli.com, ladies and gentlemen. Again, you can call for a free consultation with Dr. Ron at uh, 631-563-1444. Sir, well done. Good stuff. Great yeah, information nice, nice today. conversation today. Um, uh, next week, Jay, we'll do the final part on fatigue, and that will be inflammation. So we did blood sugar uh, and, and adrenal function. We did Epstein-Barr. Next week, we'll do inflammation. Start off a lot of these viruses, folks, by, again, uh, being sound from an internal standpoint as far as your immune system. Vital stuff, sir. Great stuff in all. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much. Yes, you have a beautiful week. Stay safe, my friend.